Have you downloaded Ibotta yet? That's I-B-O-T-T-A. It's my favorite app to get cash back on everyday purchases. And they're today's sponsor. You unlock rebates, you shop, you get cash back on things like groceries, clothing, even if you're into them, beer and wine. Download it today and use the code STORIES and instantly receive a $10 welcome bonus when you redeem your first rebate in the app for cash back. Every time you shop, Ibotta. You got Ibotta. Everybody say it with me. Ibotta. Hello, everybody. Currently standing atop a windy hill. This is Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People, a.k.a. Beautiful Anonymous. One phone call, one hour, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Here's what you're about to hear is a a very good-natured and sweet young lady who's dealing with a situation that is really very difficult in an honest way. So I just want to be upfront. This one is hard. It's tough. It's tough. Makes you think about your own life. Makes you think about situations that uh, we should all be maybe a little more grateful for in our own lives. But she had such a good sense of humor and was so, so kind and really takes after her mother in some beautiful ways and also told me about the weirdest scavenger hunt I ever heard of. So Stay tuned, listen to that, support this caller, and I think everybody who listens to this call will take a step back and just have a little more to think about. Caller, thank you so much. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello? Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm pretty good, pretty good. This is this is so weird. I've tried before and I've never actually gotten through. Well, you fucking nailed it this time. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. How are you? Um I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm getting getting my uh getting the day started. Getting the day started. This is the first yeah. big big thing I've done today, yeah. Oh, that's a good start. Yeah. Yeah. Um I was kind of, is it okay if I just jump into anything or should we do you let me know. small I, talk or anything? Hey, that's up to, I just sit here for an hour and then you go away and I just wonder <laughs> forever what happened to you. Outside of that, you tell me. Okay. Um, I was wondering if I could talk to you about my mom. Yeah. Um... She is in her mid-50s, and she um, got diagnosed a few years ago with uh, early-onset Alzheimer's. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, it's kind of shitty, but um, I don't know. She hasn't been doing as great lately and it's really scaring me a lot yeah i can't imagine i don't have any experience with it personally but i watched that uh julianne moore movie and it was chilling it was like really scary oh the still alice one yeah oh my god that's uh, yeah i I can't that's rough. You ever see a movie where you don't quite know what it is getting into it, where you're like, oh, Julianne Moore is always good. I'll, I guess I'll go see this Julianne Moore movie. And then by the end, you're like, 
what 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 did I why did I do this? <laughs> You're like emotionally traumatized. Yeah, big time. Big time. Yeah, I haven't even I can't make myself watch it. Oh, don't. I would recommend don't. Yeah. <laughs> so uh so what what do you want to what do you want to say about the situation? Like what are you wh- how are you handling it? What are you seeing? What do you want to let me know about it? Um, well, she's, it's, uh, it's kind of sad because she really isn't, like, I hate thinking about it, but she isn't going to be there for the majority of, like, things that you'd expect a mom to be there for, and... Um, I don't really remember the last time she's, um, said my name. I don't know if she knows who I am when I go visit her. And, um, a lot of the people who I try to talk to about it don't understand it because they're not in the same age group I am and neither is the person that might have Alzheimer's in their family. How old are you? Can I ask? I'm 25. 25. Wow. Yeah. And she, um, she started showing signs during my senior year of high school. Wow. So you're gonna be, um, you're gonna be the one telling other people what this was like. You got nobody to tell you what it's like. You're gonna be the one setting the yeah. bar that way. Wow. So like what? Did, my um. Oh, what? Sorry. No, you go. You go. Um, like my brother and I. My brother is younger than me, and uh, my dad found out about a support group for younger people whose parents have Alzheimer's and we were like, that would be great. We should go check it out and talk to people. And all the people were in their like mid forties themselves. And I guess they had issues, but none of them were like, my mom's not going to remember my high school graduation. Yeah. Wow. So you you go to a support group specifically for young people dealing with this, and everyone there is roughly twice your age. Yeah, so that, oh. we only went once. Yeah, I would imagine. There's not many so <laughs> there's not many social contexts where you want to be a person in your early twenties exclusively among people in their mid to late forties. It's not too many yeah. situations where that's the most socially comfortable. Wow. Well, I'm really sorry. Yeah, that sounds brutal. I'm sorry. Oh, thanks. What What types of I don't things? Know, it's just, what did you notice? Um. Well, we like it was small things at first. Like she would come downstairs and ask if we had lunch money for the day for school, and it would be like the fourth or fifth time she'd come down to ask us that in like a 10 minute period. Whoa. Um, yeah. And then we talk about like trips, 
like I went to San Diego with one of my friends to go to Comic-Con a few years ago and I was telling her about it and she was like, what trip are you talking about? Like, I was like, I'm really excited to go on the trip. And she's like, what trip that I had been talking about for like months before that. So you knew, you knew something serious was going on pretty quick. Yeah, it was, it was sort of one of those, like in the back of your mind, but you're like, no, it can't be that she's too young. Like that's, that's impossible. She can't have that. It must just be something else. And then, the more tests that she had done and different things like that. And we found that it became official. Um, and I found out when I was in the middle of working on a group project, my sophomore year of college. Wow. So where are things, where are things at Um, now? How are you doing? How's she doing? Um, it's been a little bit, it, it's been sort of hard for me to wake up and like go to work and pretend everything's normal lately um, because she has started sleeping a lot. Like she sleeps for most of the day and um, she fell a while ago. Like she was sitting in a chair and she just like fell asleep and fell forward and got like a bloody nose and stuff. Um, and so she can't, she can't walk by herself anymore. And sometimes she can feed herself. Um, but she can't really talk. She basically just makes, um, sort of like gibberish noises most of the time. Wow. Um, and so all of that like falling stuff and like her in a wheelchair and everything happened over the last couple weeks after like she's, I don't want to say she's been fine, but like nothing has happened for the past year or so. Like it sort of became stagnant. Um, and then over the course of a few weeks, it was just like, it kept hitting us with all these things that just happened out of nowhere. Yeah. So you still, you still live at home. Yeah, I do. Is part of, is part of living at home to stay and help, uh, manage this situation? Yeah. Um, me and my brother are both living at home and we've talked about it. We're scared to move out because we don't know how our dad is going to handle it Yeah. because our mom lives, she's in a nursing home right now. She oh, hasn't wow. lived at our house in probably three or four years. You said your mom is in her fifties, right? What? You said, you said, no, it's okay. The wind, you're dealing, you're outdoors somewhere where the wind <laughs> oh, is yeah, remarkable. <laughs> That's okay. That's great. Yeah, no, but I heard that a, well, I don't know who you are or where you're from, but wherever it is, God damn, is it windy. Um, and that, and that, <laughs> I am on, 
I'm on top of a hill. Of course you are. The, per- the perfect place to make an hour-long <laughs> phone call that's being recorded <laughs> on top of a windy hill. I want to encourage all future, any, any listeners who want to call in the future, please find a, top, a topographical location that um, lends itself to the most poor audio quality possible call from there. I'm, I'm picking on you I'm walking, for I'm, laughs. Sorry. I'm, I'm walking down the hill. Um, no, please, because then then you get to the bottom of the hill, and you got. I bet what you, you get you get bad reception. Stay where you can stay where you are. Don't worry about. It. But you, you said your mom is in her fifties. I think is your dad same age. Yeah, he's uh, fifty four. So he's like a year younger. Oh wow! So I'm gonna say something because uh, it, so- it sounds like this thing came in and it, it it fast and hard and it's changed your whole life and your brother's whole life and your dad's whole life. And one thing I'll put out here right now is it sounds like you're a really strong person who's helping deal with this and uh, it's really affected your life choices and and uh, I'm, you have to be strong and put a brave face on things. And if you want, if there's any venting you need to do, if there's anything where you need to drop the brave face for a while and just like... Did you go further up on the hill? Did you go higher on the hill? <laughs> no, I went I went lower. You went lower. You walked into like a tornado. <laughs> I don't I, I don't know where you live. That's such a tempestuous um, environmental. <laughs> no, no, there we go. Now we're fine. But I was saying, like, if you if you we're good. okay if you need to vent or you need to like drop the brave face for a while and just get anything off your chest, like I'm totally down. Feel free. Or you don't have to, but I just want to put it out there. You don't have to be brave with me. I don't know who you are. Can I vent? Would that be? Yeah, I would imagine. Um, I don't know how many opportunities you have to vent in life, but I, I would imagine there's some I, venting that needs to be done. It fucking sucks so much. Um, oh, sorry, I'm crying already. Um, it. I hate all of it and I hate seeing my friends take their moms for granted um like I don't know I see friends get in fights with moms and not I don't know just not I don't know, just not take them as the caring people that I know they are. Like, I know not all moms are awesome, but a lot of them are. And a lot of my friends get mad at them for stupid shit and, like, don't want to talk to them anymore. And I'm like, I want my mom to say my name. And you're mad that she did something that you don't agree with that was ultimately for your best interest. And I don't know, like my mom did stuff to piss me off when she wasn't sick, but um, it's just different now, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And I, I can't really get mad at them because they have no frame of reference. And like, I don't really want people to like walk on eggshells around me, I guess. But so I, I usually I, I never say anything, but it fucking sucks. Yeah. See, 
to see that and know that I, like, I would love to have my mom talk to me, but I would love to have the option to get mad at her. But I can't because she's, it's basically like living with a, a little kid or interacting with a little kid now. Because, I mean, if you were 17 when this started, that's, like, right at the tail end of, like, being a shitty teenager who fights with your parents all the time. Like, that's... <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then and then you see that, and you must... I mean, you must uh, see people ha- hanging on to that vibe. Like, I'm sitting here right now trying to think of the times I've been worse to my mom, and I'm not... I tell you, I'm not feeling good about it. And my mom and I are very close. I'm a notorious mama's boy. I remember, I remember one time I played, remember one, like, where, like, where are you? Like, I want to have this call, but I'm outside. I get the sense you're like fighting off the elements and I don't want you putting yourself in physical danger with extreme wind. <laughs> I'm walking to a chair and I will stay there and okay. hopefully the wind will stay Fair. away. I remember I was once playing checkers with my mom, and she was winning, and she was talking a little shit, and I, I flipped the, I got real mad. I flipped the board over, and I tell you, I've never felt worse about that than I'm feeling right now. No. It's, yeah, I mean, you have every right to, like, be mad about yeah, something. I mean, she was, like, she was really rubbing it in. She was crushing me at checkers. <laughs> my mom's mom, my grandma does that when we play Una. So you still see your grandma? I do. So that I mean, so that means so you have generate you have like you have the woman who raised your mom, you have the guy who married your mom, you have the children your mom birthed, and they're all there's just this person in the middle of all that who's affecting everyone. Yeah. Wow. Um, like my grandma has said before, because she doesn't drive. Um. And I was driving her home one day, and she said that she wished it was her that oh, wow. had Alzheimer's. And I was like, I don't want you to have it either, Grandma. Like, can nobody have it, please? Wow, that's heartbreaking to hear your grandma say that. Yeah, it's like it's her daughter, so I, I can't imagine what that's like. Yeah. We're going to take a break. We're going to, uh, here's what I encourage. Let's everybody listen to our sponsors and then let's everybody think about our loved ones and then we'll be back with the call. I'm sure you're out there. You love books. You're a smart person, right? But you find you never have the time to read them. We've all been there. Well, audible.com is the perfect solution. You get audiobooks. You listen to those books you've been meaning to read while you're on the go. You can do it at the gym, during your commute, anywhere, anywhere you can think of. Audible.com provides over 250,000 titles from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. Their app's free, works on iPhones, iPad, Android, Windows Phone. You can also download and listen on your Kindle Fire and over 500 MP3 players. And unlike a streaming or rental service with Audible, you own your books, so you can access your books anytime and anywhere right from your smartphone. And Audible.com has the great listen guarantee. If you decide you don't like the book you chose, no worries. Exchange it 
Yeah, any book you aren't happy with for another title, anytime. There's no questions asked there. That's good customer service. And I think I think you we all remember when we were young, you love reading. I used to love reading. And then you just run out of time. Real life gets in the way. Audible.com. They give you that time back. They help you through it. And you can get back to uh, experiencing the world through books, which is a beautiful thing. And it's a shame when you lose touch with it. Just for our listeners, audible.com is offering a free 30-day trial. Go to audible.com slash CG today to start your free trial. Again, show your support for beautiful stories from anonymous people. Get a free 30-day trial at audible.com slash CG. Like Chris Gethard. That's me. We're back. Let's go ahead and hear from this very lovely young lady about her hardships, triumphs, and the wind. Do you remember, are there any, like, particularly egregious examples of your friends, like, like sending you into a rage by taking their mothers for granted? Like, is there, is there anything you've seen where you're just like, come <laughs> on? Um, not, uh, I don't know. One of my friends is, like, her mom is very overbearing. Um, and so she snaps at her a lot and, like, gets frustrated with her. Um, and I don't think she, I think she takes for granted everything that her mom does, but she's never really said like, Oh, I hate my mom. And like, she hasn't said anything that made me want to like flip a table or anything. Um, it's more of just an internal thing, I guess. And like, I watch a lot of, um, like, wedding shows on TLC, like, when I'm bored. And people that bring in their moms and stuff like that can't do that anymore. Like, I can't watch those. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, sometimes people don't really. And there are, like, other shows or movies where there are characters with it. And they might not understand why I don't want to watch it. And it'll be like, oh, come on. Like, we'll just do this. And I sort of have to be more forceful with it without being outright because they never really get the hint that this is the reason I don't want to do anything. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. I think I'm more... Like, I'm more mad about society's thoughts on it, I guess. In what way? What's that mean? It, um, I feel like such an asshole saying this, but like, because like every disease is so awful and I don't want anyone to get anything, but like, I hate that um, cancers and diseases that you you can die from, and they're terrifying diseases, but you can survive them. And you can't. My uh, my mom's gonna die because of this, and there are walks and like there are fundraisers and stuff, but just seeing all the attention that 
other diseases get. It's so slanted. And, like, I want, like, I feel like such an asshole. I want everyone to get the support they need. But, like, having other diseases isn't necessarily a death sentence. And it is for my mom. And it scares me. And it makes me angry. And... I don't, I don't know. And that's a weird, I would imagine that's a weird place to find yourself. Like the first, <laughs> the first time you realize you're like getting like resentful of, uh, of like the first time you're like, you know what? Fuck diabetes. Like the first time you have that moment, you must feel really, I would imagine you must feel really bad. The first, the first. I do because I, I have, I have friends who are diabetic, so. But every like so when you like when you hear about like a walkathon like for some specific disease you're like go fuck yourself I'm gonna sit in a chair you walkathon <laughs> fuck your walkathon and then you feel basically like, I'm gonna sit in the chair where there's no wind yeah sitting here for once for once I'm gonna go inside stop the punishing crushing <laughs> wind and I would also imagine too it's like tough because. Those diseases, a lot, most I think most things that you're thinking of too, like they don't, like they, they, they affect the person, and it's hard to see, and there's pain, and there's trauma, but they also don't just take the person away as a precondition of that. Like, yeah, like, like someone with cancer, it, they suffer, and there's nothing fun about it, and there's nothing good about it. But also their personality is still like that's what people st- can take strength in, and it's like Alzheimer's strikes me from what I know and what I've heard about it as like such a one of the things that seems so crushing about it is like before. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, but it seems like before the physical side even gets bad, the person's gone. Kind of before you realize that you even need to be saying goodbye, which seems brutal kind of unique to Alzheimer's. It's, it, it's basically just like that. You, you lose them in pieces. Um, like before she was living in a nursing home, um, she stopped, like she thought my dad was going to hurt her. Like he was driving her home one night and, um, she just like she was totally fine and then she just like snapped and was like who are you what are you doing i'm gonna call the police and she like he was driving and he tried she tried to get out of the car oh, while wow. she was dri- while he was driving so she, and she thought she was had being to call kidnapped. her sister yeah oh, and wow. he had to call her sister to be like hey come calm her down um and make her feel better because she doesn't trust me and she thinks I'm a bad person. And that's definitely taken a toll on my dad. Yeah, that's hard. That's like yeah, uh, hard hard is underselling what that is. That's like Can I ask can I yeah, ask a tough one? Can I, mean, I ask a couple tough questions? If not, no worries. Yeah. Did you get a chance to have that goodbye conversation when you realized what was happening? Like, did you get, did you get a chance to kind of like put some stuff on the table with your mom when you realized you might not have too long a window to do that? Um, 
Not as much as I would have liked. I don't think. Um, I I sort of just added on to to the like making sure I tell her I love her and giving her a hug and a kiss every time I see her and like just sort of little things. Um, but nothing like nothing like a big like soul emptying thing. I don't know if it was because I was too scared or like sometimes it might not seem worth it just because you know she's going to forget about it in like another hour. Right. And does, um, does she still, do you ever have like, cause it's, I mean, if she's in a home and it's gotten severe, I don't quite know how it works. So pardon my ignorance, but are there still moments where, do you have moments where there's flashes where she does know you, where you do get to talk to your mom still, or is that just a thing of the past? Um, she, she smiles sometimes. Like she likes, she still laughs a lot, which is nice because a lot of the people in her home know that they have Alzheimer's. Um, and so they're very upset and they're angry and like, very mean to themselves and the nurses and their family. Um, but my mom has like, I guess it's sort of like a silver lining. Like she's been very happy because she just thinks this is the way it's always been. Wow. Like she doesn't, she doesn't know how she used to be or what she used to do or who she used to have. So it's more like she's sort of in like blissful ignorance and we're the ones that are remembering everything that she was. Wow. And can what was that? Like who I'd love to maybe if it's not too hard, I'd love to maybe know like like when you say you remember who she was, like what are the things that you um, what are the memories that was a teacher um she taught like first to third grade kids um with learning disabilities she uh taught them like sign language and different skills for communication basically oh so she was like Um, a saint she was like a saint who gave to the world yeah wow yeah she was Um, and she was very, um, no nonsense, I guess. Like, I remember when I got my first boyfriend in like my freshman year of high school, I was all excited and like, he was my first like serious boyfriend. And it's like, you would tell your mom that cause that's like a girl talk thing, I guess. Or that's what I thought. And I went and I told her and she was like, oh, well, like, don't get too excited. You guys are going to break up anyway. Wow. So she was a realist. We we did, but. (laughs) Were you resentful? Were you like, Um, like when she was saying that, were you like 14 and you were like, no, I'm going to love this boy forever. And she was (laughs) just like, you're definitely not. Don't get caught up in it. (laughs) 
I remember like in my head, I was just sort of like, what the fuck mom? Like, <laughs> okay. Well, like I probably won't be with him forever, but I'd like the time that I am to be a little bit supportive, I guess. Yeah. And so then when we actually did break up, she like, you, she had that look where you're like, you can tell she wants to say, I, I told you so. But she's like, oh, no, that's so sad. <laughs> so she kind of, she, so like, she laid out the truth ahead of time and then the sympathy afterwards. Yeah, basically. Wow. Like she was, she was there when I needed someone to cry on, which was really all I could ask of her, even if she was a little tough in the beginning. Wow. Um, but she was very... Yeah, she's just loved kids, and she loved working with kids, and um, basically it was like me and my brother had like a hundred per year, like a hundred other siblings that she worked with at school, and she would like put their pictures up on our fridge, and We'd be like, oh, who's that? And she'd be like, oh, that's so-and-so. He's my first grade, like, sign language kid, and he just graduated or whatever. And so she she was very, like, I feel so weird even just saying was. Like, she was very, but she's still alive. Um, she was just very caring. Yeah. Even if sometimes sometimes she had like a tough exterior, but she wanted the best for everybody. And also it seems so like that seems so kind of like karmically crazy to me that there she, so she was in special education where I think it's probably fair to say that on some level that's she's she's helping people who have maybe trouble communicating with the world in a traditional way figure out how to do so. And of all diseases for her to get is one that puts her in a position where she's unable to communicate. That seems really unfair. Yeah, it sucks. And it's like, like sometimes people, like I've gone to therapists before and they're like, oh, can you still communicate with her? Like, can you, does she know sign language? And like, does she still know it? And when I realized that she didn't, it was pretty awful, but. Yeah. And to say something, and I, I hope this doesn't hurt your feelings because I say it with love, but, you know, this podcast does have a reputation at times where it can take a direction where it's a bummer. And I think you, yeah. I think you have, uh, you have, you 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 took you have taken the crown. You've taken the crown on that. So congratulations. <laughs> oh, <God. I'm>, <laughs> Congrat don't you I'm apologize. So don't apologize. I'm saying it with love. Our audience, this this podcast has caught on with an audience and and these are people who I think are loving the sense I get from the audience of this podcast is they're people who are really empathetic across the board and full of love. And they enjoy the dark stuff. And I tell you. I, I feel like you 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 are you've taken you've taken the crown. Congrats. And also I would imagine <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes, yes. Thank you for um treating it like the honor that it is. And and uh I would bet I I would bet that 
over 50% of the people listening to this have already paused it and called their moms to tell them that they love them. Oh, I hope so. I know I'm I know what I'm doing as soon as we hang up. <laughs> well, I'm, I took a bow just so you know. <laughs> Good. Good. If I knew who you were, I'd, um, I'd try to send you an actual <laughs> crown, but unfortunately, that's not the way it works around here. But this is uh this is really uh hard. What's your life like now outside of this? Can I ask? Because you are in your 20s, and this is something that's affecting everything. It's something that sounds like it's affecting everything. But do you, do you have moments where you can kind of put it by the side? Is it, is, uh, do you have stretches where it's not on your mind? Um. I'm going to pause it right there. We have sponsors. The sponsors help make this show happen. Conversations this rich and honest are very valued in my life, and I want to thank our sponsors for allowing me to, to, to build this platform. So let's give a good hard listen and then we'll be back with more phone call. Guys, today's show is sponsored by Howl.fm, which is like Netflix, but for podcasts. And the entire archive of one of my favorite podcasts of all time, The Art of Wrestling with Colt Cabana. You can now get it exclusively on Howl Premium. You can discover or rediscover over 300 episodes of hilarious stories, special guest interviews, rare wrestling music, and more, and I will tell you, it is the best podcast. I just went back and listened to the the Rowdy Roddy Piper two-parter, and Colt Cabana gets people to, you don't even have to be a wrestling fan. It's just great conversations with people who live in a very specific world and lifestyle. Cannot recommend it. My buddy Colt, real true friend of mine, real kindred spirit. And if you love Colt Cabana, Howl Premium also gives you access to Pro Wrestling Fringe, a mini-series from Colt Cabana that you won't find anywhere else. With Howl Premium, you also get access to more than 150 hours of Howl original miniseries, including shows from Jermaine Clement, a Fl- Flight of the Concords, or Issa Rae, and over 100 comedy albums. New Howl original episodes and comedy albums are released every single week. If you haven't signed up for Howl yet, you can use code BEAUTIFUL when you check out on Howl.fm to get a month of Howl Premium for free. And after your full month of free trial, it's only $4.99 per month to get all this exclusive content on your iPhone, Android, and on the web. To redeem your promo code, make sure you create an account on the web at Howl.fm. Enter the code BEAUTIFUL at checkout. That's H-O-W-L dot F-M. Use the promo code BEAUTIFUL for a one-month free trial of Howl Premium. This caller really bringing the honesty in a very simple, real way. I'm psyched about it. I'm psyched to get back to this phone call, so let's do it. Do you have moments where you can kind of put it by the side? Is it? Is, uh, do you have stretches where it's not on your mind? Um, yeah, I, I think I can. Like, um, what am I doing? I do this. Um, this is the first thing I'm thinking of just because it's soon. But I go to a lot of shows. Um, like, I'm going to see Flight of the Conquers in July. Oh, nice. Um, with one of my best friends. And uh, so we're excited for that. And, like, I do this thing. Have you ever heard of a scavenger hunt called Gishwez? No. What are you talking about? Gishlev? It, um, <laughs> it stands for the greatest international scavenger hunt the world has ever seen. The greatest and, international scavenger um, hunt the world has ever seen. Gitch. Okay, get, I'm trying to work out 
how to pronounce this. Gitschlev? Yeah, but it's like G-I-S-H-W-H-E-S. Wow, good plug. Those guys are... Whoever runs Gishlev, just gave him a good plug. <laughs> so how's this work? It's a scavenger like, hunt? Basically, it's for a week in August. And you are... It's every year. And you're on a team of... Um, 15 people from all over the world. Like, uh, this is going to be my fourth year doing it. And my first year we had people from Italy and Croatia and Poland and Finland. And then some of us over in the United States, I'm like trying to be discreet, but the general U S area. I, I mean, I picked up that you were um, probably an American based on your... Yeah. I, like, I don't know how um, much Anonymous is. Like, I've I've heard the episodes of you with, like, the guy from New Jersey and stuff, so... Yeah. I mean, it's an arbitrary rule that I made up. And I think... I think <laughs> saying you live in America retains, <laughs> retains a basic level of anonymity. There are hundreds of millions of... Uh, of people <laughs> who fit that description. So this I think we're in the clear. I think we're in the clear, you and I. Okay. So you're randomly Good assigned to, to an international team. Yep. And then you are given a list of over 100 items, and you try to complete as many as you can in that week. Wow. And they would have to they have to make them really, really obscure because or else everyone would just order them on the internet, right? Yeah, like a lot of them like one of my aunts gets mad because she's like, It's not a real scavenger hunt because it's like art projects too. Um like one of the ones that I did was make a dress out of trash and wear it on public transportation. And you oh. have to get a picture of yourself doing that, and that's the item. Yeah. And so it's basically, it's actually really good for sort of shoving the real world out of my mind because it's just a week of insanity. Yeah. And just putting yourself you out there. You don't sleep a lot, but you make people laugh and it's fun. And do you know how the other teams are and, doing? Like, can you, do you get a sense of other people's progress to keep yourself motivated? Um, not really. Like there are a lot of other teams that are like, they're the number one teams. And cause the grand prize, if you get the most things completed, you go on a trip with, um, the guy who created it, um, Misha Collins. The, who's this Willy Wonka? He's like, he's, this guy sounds like a Willy Wonka. You complete in some <laughs> big series of challenges for a chance to go hang out with this guy. <laughs> Basically, he'll, he takes you on a trip, like, it's like this all-expense-paid trip to this, like, exotic location, or you can go hang out with him for the week. Wow. Wow. How cl- Have and you ever like, come close he- to winning? What? Have you ever come close to winning? Oh, no, not at all. Um, like, I'm usually on the Just for Fun team, mm-hmm. or one of those teams. Like, they're a team that... Um, like I take the week off work cause I tried to do it while working once and it was 
horrible because your mind's on it the whole time. Um, <laughs> so I've t- it, it's my vacation week, essentially. So you take a vacation and, um, in, into the absurdity <laughs> of Gishwesh. <laughs> yes. Wow. Um, and lots of people, they, like, have applications for their teams and, like, uh, they ask what your availability is. Like, will you be available to Skype on a daily basis? Um, oh, how so far Skype. are you willing to travel for different items? Like, what are your connections? And they take it. They're hardcore. And <laughs> I admire them, but I could never be them. So this is the type of thing where you wind up on Skype with some dude from Finland in the middle of the night. Talking about how do we? Yeah. Uh, so I gotta make a couple. I gotta I gotta make a couple like stilts <laughs> out of. Uh, I gotta get out of Campbell soup cans, and they have to be at least fifteen feet high, and then I have to go use them to step over a uh, picket fence and get a picture of myself doing it. It's like crazy stuff like that. <laughs> that actually sounds like it could be an item for this year's hunt. And then what happens too? Are there certain things you have to do where it's like? Well, this can only happen in Norway. So Finland guy, we got you got to get to Norway tomorrow. Is there like a lot of stuff like that? Uh, yep. What's the farthest you've yeah, ever traveled like, for this Gishwish? <laughs> um, for me, uh, I went to New York. You went to New York, which I presume is yeah. There was an item far from where you live. Um, it's about four hours. Okay. Okay. Um. We had to go to Times Square to, and we had to wear a plain white shirt and bring Sharpies with us. And basically, they rented out a screen in Times Square and told us the item, which was to get 30 tourists to sign your t shirt. And, and then and it's projecting take a on picture a screen? of you. And, yep, they. Like Misha rented out one of the screens and he basically made a quick video being like, Hey guys, if you're here for Gishwas, this is what you need to do. And he had it for four days and each day was a different task. And the one that I went to was to have Taurus sign your shirt. How did I miss this? I hang out in Times Square all the time. <laughs> it's where all the New did Yorkers you see hang the people out. in <laughs> There were people in, oh yeah, I've heard, I have friends in New York that are no, like, I'm, nobody goes to Times Yeah, I'm Square. kidding, I'm kidding, it's, you try to avoid it like the plague. Yeah. I'm just kidding with you. It sounds cool. Like the, like the plague. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's really fun, it's a nice little break from reality. What else, what else do I need to know about you? To. What else, so when you're not a, when you're not, when you're, your home, your home life has some real hardships. You escape once a week into your mind in the world of art via this bizarre thing with a man named Misha <laughs> who sounds like a billionaire with just time and money to just use. What else? What else? What else do I need yeah. to know? You got a dating um, life or romantic life? What's going on? I'm open to it. I just got out of a relationship a little while ago. Um, and he was not especially understanding about my situation. Oh, no. Fuck this um, guy. What did this guy pull? <laughs> um, so I've sort of just been like, oh, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Oh, um, wait. So you got you got this situation. 
It's 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 really it's it's like really tearing you up, and then you just have some unsympathetic dickhead man in your life. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> I, I did, but we broke up. Good, good. I hope you did. You break up with him? Yeah. Good. How'd that go? Did you like it? Did it feel good? <laughs> I did. It it was really nice. It was therapeutic. <laughs> How'd you do it? You sound like the type of person who doesn't really go off on people. I, yeah, I try not to. I try to, yeah, I'm pretty quiet normally, which I think kind of caught him off guard because I kind of yelled at him. Oh, shit. Um, like, he was not being very excellent um, because in the middle of all this shit going on with my mom, my Nana passed away. Oh. And... Oh my! God. You just he, took the crown again. You just took was, the crown again. He doubled down on the crown. Oh my God! No, you got a double I can crown. Tell you happy stories about my mom, if you want. Well, um, yeah, sure. But yeah, he basically was not very supportive, and I was like, "Fuck you!" Like, I don't need someone who's not supportive in my life right now. So I don't want you here, and. Uh, I guess that was pretty much it. And then what? He's like crawling on his knees, like, I'm so sorry, take me back. And you're like, nah, no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I deleted him from pretty much everything. You so did. He you, could be, and I just don't know it. You blocked him on Facebook. I did. Nice. That feels good. That clip feels good. <laughs> it, was, it was really nice. Like, that took a little bit of sort of, um egging on from my friends they're like no you don't need it like da 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 yeah because yeah. I'm also that person who's like oh did I make a mistake like should I have not done that and they're like no fuck him like delete him get I'm out with, of here I, I, I know literally nothing about the situation but I'm with them fuck him I'm not into this guy I got a bad <laughs> feeling about this guy and you deserve better yeah he he's an asshole yeah you trust your old pal Gethard you got, you got, you deserve an understanding. <laughs> it's a weird thing. Here's a weird thing, though, because you're in your mid twenties. You're probably dating guys in your mid twenties. And I know when I was in my mid twenties, I was largely just a piece of shit all the time. But you've kind of had to, <laughs> you've kind of had to mature way more than most people your age. Like there's like a gravity that you're familiar with that most people in their mid twenties haven't met yet, haven't had to deal with yet. And I bet. <laughs> I've been an immature guy, just really, there's got to be a very, very quick shelf life to that where you're like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, it was, it, it was pretty easy to, like, once you eventually sort of get to know him a little bit more and, like, everything's <laughs> fine with him. Like, all his parents are still there. He's doing fine. He has nothing going on. And I'm just like, oh. So we're not on the same level at all, and you're not prepared to jump to that level. So, have you thought about dating? I guess like, that's it. we've got 15 minutes left, by the way, and I want to thank you for telling me all this stuff. Oh, okay. No, it's totally. Oh, what? Have you thought about dating like older men who have already really been through some shit? Have you thought about like I need a guy who's like pushing 50, who's really taking some knocks. <laughs> I, I need a guy who gets it. I need a no. guy who's battle tested. <laughs> I have not thought of 50s. Um, I've considered late 20s, early 30s. Do you think that's too young? 
I don't know. I don't know you. I'm the last person that should be giving you dating life. But I say 50. I say you find, I, you should try to date this guy, Misha. Who, who's this, this maniac? This maniac, Misha. You should try to date this guy with nothing but a... Uh, I wish I had the time and money to rent screens in Times Square to get people to draw on each other. Does he wear a purple... Does well, he wear he's a purple, an actor, so... Does he wear like a purple top hat everywhere and break out into song and dance numbers? Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised at oh all. Oh my god! Does he have a team of uh, little? Does he have a team of uh, of of uh, little little people who who in it, who, who accomplishes <laughs> whims and desires? Well, can I tell you that the people that are hardcore because he's an actor and the hardcore Misha fans call themselves Minions. Minions. Oh wait, we just looked him up. Oh, he's on Supernatural. It's like a well-known dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this dude. I've seen this yeah. guy. Yep, that's him. Uh, wow, okay, that's a cool thing to do. So, what else? You said before you Can were. I tell you. Oh yeah, tell me whatever you want. Oh, it was just a story that sort of goes back. Um, it involves Misha, and it involves my mom. Um, and it's kind of nice. It's it's. I hopefully I won't get another crown for it, but um, okay. Basically, uh, because he's on Supernatural, he does conventions for the show. Mm-hmm. And um, there's this book that he really likes. Um, it's called We Are Not Ourselves. And he really loved it. And he did like a book club recommendation thing with the author. And I like Misha. And I I don't know. So I was like, oh, I'll read this book that he loves so much. And the main character in the book, or one of them, has early onset Alzheimer's. Oh, wow. And you, you don't find that out until about halfway through. But it's an amazing book. Like, it's so good. And I wouldn't have found it if he hadn't told me about it. Or, well, not me personally, but, like, everyone. And so for the conventions, you can take pictures with them. And so I brought my copy of the book and told him like really quick, like my mom has early onset and I wouldn't have found this book if it wasn't for you. So I wanted to thank you for it. And he got like, he's normally like very jokey and stuff, but he got like very serious and was like, thank you. And we took a picture um, of us pretending to read the book together. And it was a really nice picture. I I really like it. And um, later on in his panel, um, he asked, he talked about the picture and was like, I took a picture with this woman with a book that I really liked. And he asked if I was still in the audience. Like, he's like, is she still there? And I said, yes. And um, he asked if I still had the book with me. And I said, yeah, again. And then he asked if I could come up on stage with him. And I brought the book up and he's friends with the author and the author was in the area. So he called him and had him come up on stage with me to meet me. Wow. This guy Misha's like a, the and best. He's the best, huh? <laughs> he is. He's, he's a really, really rad guy. You're a minion. You're a little, you're a minion. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a mini minion. I'm not as hardcore as other people, but I okay. really... He's a really cool, caring person. He sounds very, very nice. So you met the author? I did. That's cool. Um, 
Yeah, and I guess his dad had early onset, which is why he got all the things like that so on point. Yeah. We have about 10 minutes left. You had said you could tell us a happy story about your mom. We were joking about it before, but do you want to? Do you want to tell us a happy story about your mom? It seems like it might be a nice thing to have on record as part of this conversation. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess, can I tell one about sort of, I'll tell, can I tell two? Is that okay? Do we have time? No. No, yeah, of course you can. You can do whatever you want. You don't have to ask my permission. Um, um, well, the first one, like, it's sort of because, like, she's still, it takes place that she's still in the nursing home. But um, uh, she sort of, when she first got there, we had to tell her, like, you can't come home with us. Because she leaned over once and asked me when she could still talk. She was like, how did you get here? And I said that I drove and she asked if she could get a ride home with me and we couldn't bring her home. So my aunt was like, no, like, honey, you need to stay here. And we basically played it out as like um, the other people in the nursing home are her kids. Like she's the teacher and she needs to stay with her kids kind of thing. Wow. And so she's very like, she's like, oh, okay. Okay. That's a good idea. Okay. And so even now, like when she can't talk, if she can, she can sense that people are upset. I'm sorry, there's a wind gust. Hey, you can't apo- you can- apologize for you just apologized for the wind. You you don't have to apologize so much. <laughs> okay, um, but whenever she can tell that somebody is upset, she comes over to them and she'll hold their hand and she'll just like nod, and you can tell in her eyes that she's she like understands you still and she knows that you're upset and she wants to make you feel better. And she does that with all the residents. And like, if she can tell that we're upset, she does it with us. And, um, there was one point when we went to go visit her and we were like, Oh, where is she? And one of the nurses was like, Oh, she's in a meeting right now. And we're like, what are you talking about? Like she wouldn't be in a meeting. And the nurse pointed over where there were a whole bunch of nurses at their station and they were having a meeting and they let my mom sit in and like they had her have a form that she could like just like a scrap piece of paper, but like to write notes on, even though they were just little scribbles and stuff. And she was like, oh, yeah. uh And she was just getting really into it. And she just felt so like important then. And it was like because the nurses made her feel like she was helping and like one of the one of them i guess so she still wants to help everybody around her yeah she that's always her number one thing she wants to help people wow and i guess for a, a nice story before she um before she got sick um let's see this is kind of a funny story. It's more, I don't know. Um, we went to Disney World when we were little, and she went on all the rides with us that we wanted to go on, even though we were like little assholes and terrors who wanted to do everything that she hated. And she went on all the rides and was totally fine. And then 
somehow she got a stain on her shirt on the way to another ride. And one of my aunts whipped out this, like, one of those little tied-to-go pens. Mm-hmm. And he was like, here, do that. And it was like, the spot was like on her chest, like right near a bra. And so she did that. And then the um, pen ate through the fabric. <laughs> and so she just had this massive hole in her shirt right there. But we wanted to go on a ride and we were in line for the ride. And she stayed in line with that hole in her shirt just to, so we wouldn't have to go to the back. And she went on the ride with us, even though she got some looks. Um, but she stayed and she waited until we were all done. And then then she got a really big sweatshirt. But <laughs> she stayed because she knew we didn't want to leave the line, even though she was, like, embarrassed as hell. But, wow. Was her, so her clothes are disintegrating off her body and she's still down to go on a <laughs> splash mountain with you. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. And she she puts everyone else first, and I think I think she still does in in her own way. I think. Yeah. We got about five minutes left, so uh, five I, minutes. Yeah, and I mean, if you want, if you're, um, if you're if that if that's stressing you out, you can also hang up whenever you want. That's up to you. But you can also, if I mean, you got five minutes. Oh. If there's anything else you want to say, anything else you want the world to know, anything else you feel like frustrates you or that people don't get that you want to just like see if you can uh, kind of get on record, you got five minutes to do it. Um. Well, I guess what you said, just if everybody could go give their mom a hug, that would be really nice. Um. Because. I'm going to go give my mom a hug when I go see her after work today. Yeah. Um, and when anybody else calls in, don't take phone calls on top of Windy Hill. Yeah. Okay. Like that's, you're taking after your mom a little bit, thinking about others, thinking about others. Yes. A, a guide for future callers is if you live in an area that is hilly and windy, <laughs> hold your microphone up right into the wind but yeah I mean my, yep. my mom lives far away so I can't hug her today but I'm definitely going to give her a call thank you yeah the last call I had with her I was a bad son I, I got off the phone real quick oh, well I'm sure she'll appreciate to hear from you again I hope so we'll see you will She'll give you a hug over the phone. I know it. Yeah, that's how. Uh, that's how. That's how it goes. With me and her, and I'm really. Uh, yeah. Do you go see your mom every day? Um, almost every day. Um, sometimes we switch off, but every Sunday we uh, go out to eat, and we can't really do that anymore because she can't really walk, and her wheelchair is like really big because. Uh-huh. It has like a head support and stuff. Um, so we'll like bring pizzas or something and eat them. Like her nursing home has this really nice sunroom with like puzzles and plants and stuff. And so we'll all just sit in there and hang out with her and stuff. That sounds really nice. Yeah. So that's, that's where I'll be on Sunday. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for telling me your story, and thanks for giving me some perspective about 
how to kind of how to treat the people I love a little bit better with a little bit more mm-hmm. sense well, of the value they bring to my life. Thank you for listening. I know you I know you can't hang up, but it, I appreciate <laughs> all you're doing with this podcast. It's really it's awesome. I hope people tell you that it's awesome because it is. Well, listen, and it's, that's really nice. And I, I get enough compliments. I don't, it's very nice of you to say it, but I think you're awesome. And you sound like a, uh, you sound, I mean, I, the sense I get is that you're a great daughter and that you, you've been put through some stuff that's really uh, harder than, than anybody your age should have to go through. And we looked it up. I tell you what, we looked up a bunch of stuff. I didn't realize this. Alzheimer's disease, sixth leading cause of death. More than breast cancer and prostate cancer combined, it's the only leading cause of death that can't be prevented, slowed, or cured. We just looked that up. That's crazy. I didn't know any of that. And June. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really scary. We're talking in June. June is Al- Alzheimer's and Brain Awareness Month. That's really crazy. More than breast yeah, cancer. I have, I... You have what? Oh, I have the little... Um... The Alzheimer's site has a little templatey thing you can put over your Facebook picture that says, like, I go purple for Alzheimer's. So that's on my profile picture right now. Wow. And more than it, it, it kills more than more than breast cancer and prostate cancer combined. And that's why you're like, fuck prostate cancer. Tired of, <laughs> tired of prostate yeah. cancer. You've had moments <laughs> of weakness. You're like me and Misha Collins. <laughs> me and Misha Collins say fuck prostate cancer. Prostate cancer ain't shit. Me and Misha Collins are on the same page about that. Now I'm gonna go make a man from Finland build a big fucking fish and photograph himself launching it into the sea. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Yep. And- I don't know. I didn't. I didn't know all that stuff before it started affecting me directly. And if more people can, like, if more people have access to that information, then that's great. Because it's it's fucking scary and it's sneaky. Like nobody knows where it is, and then yeah. it just shows up out of nowhere. Terrifying. Well, I want to thank you. I want to thank you. We have to say our goodbye. Uh, I just want to thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. Oh, just. Thank you for listening to me and talking with me. No, it's it's been my pleasure, and you've given you've given me and everybody listening so much to think about. And I think so many uh, so many people are going to tell their loved ones that they love them today when they maybe weren't planning to do so. And and I think that that is something that you brought into the world. So thank you for doing that. Oh, thank you, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day, Chris. You too. Bye. I want to thank that caller for calling and sharing and being so good natured and so open about letting us know. I hope you, uh, I hope you, I hope you continue to take good care of your mom. I hope you find a, a guy in your life who isn't, who doesn't take you for granted, doesn't, uh, doesn't, doesn't discount the situation. And I will, I will say this: my mom listens to this podcast sometimes. She thinks I curse a little too much as she thinks about most of my work. But I just want to say, Mom, if you're listening to this one, I love you so much. You're such a good mom. You gave me a good life. A lot of a lot of things you dealt with that were hard for you, you made sure I didn't have to deal with those things. And I appreciate it so much. And uh I don't think I I don't think I take enough time to tell you that, Mom. So if you're out there listening, 
I hope you know that. And uh, I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you and say that privately now. And then you'll listen on the podcast and you'll probably say, Christopher, I told you not to talk about me when you do these things. Like these things you do, I don't need to be involved. I don't need to be involved in these things. And now you're probably mad at me. It went from me telling you how much I love you to me getting you mad at me by making jokes because that's how I, that's how repressed Irish Catholics show each other love. Anyway, I want to thank the caller. I want to thank the listeners. I want to thank John Delore. I want to thank Greta Cohn for making this show what it is. I want to thank Shellshag for their intro music. Guys, Shellshag is the best. They're so good. Download all their stuff. Pay money for it. Support Shellshag. Incredible artists and friends of mine. And guys, in tribute to this caller and specifically this caller's mom, we actually uh, we bumped this one up. We're going to uh, put it at the top of the list so it still comes out in June, which, as we mentioned in the call, is Alzheimer's and Brain Awareness Month. Really just want to encourage people, if this, if this uh, hit you in the gut, do the Google thing, find out places you can donate, find out organizations you can support, and um, we're very, very happy to put this out and try to help raise that awareness because we stumbled into this situation via that caller, but maybe we can do a little good in this world if we all team up on it. My name is Chris Gethard. I'm also a touring stand-up when I'm not doing this. You can find my dates at the Shows tab at chrisgeth.com going to Dublin and Edinburgh this summer. I'm really psyched about it, so check those things out. I'm going to Arlington, Virginia, July 1st and 2nd. Check that out. Maybe I'll see you guys there. We can say hello. If you want to know about my TV show, thechrisgethardshow.com, check it all out there. Watch all the episodes. We're really proud of them. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and maybe I'll get to talk to you sometime. We'll be back next week with more Beautiful Anonymous. Here's what you might hear next time. Soon texting every day turned into me going back out there like a month and a half later. Then soon she came here in September. And before I knew it, we were boyfriends. And then before I knew it, she decided to move out here. Wow. Uh, we're moving in, in at the end of the summer and I already have plans to get a dog. And yeah. Wow, a dog. That's huge. Right? Next time on Beautiful Anonymous. On Ron and Beverly, we like to ask our guests the tough questions. Fine. How old were you when your parents got divorced? His brother's wife uh, raised him. Like nine. Did you yeah. see them date other people? Did you walk in on them with other people? I Are never married? walked in. Okay. Thank God. Are they Thank remarried, God. each of them? No. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Were your breasts and her breasts the same size? When you saw a woman of that age without her clothes on, did you think, that's not as bad as I thought it was going to be? Was, or I did was you only think, impressed. I didn't know there were any black people in Colorado. Is that true? Yeah, it's a decent amount. Can you imagine the muscle on muscle in the bedroom for the two of them? Like, okay. very acrobatic. Okay. Listen to Rana and Beverly today on Earwolf.com, Howl, or your favorite podcast app. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Adam Sachs, and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Hold up. 